Thank you so much, everybody. Good morning, good morning. So great to be in Resonate Church with all my friends. And uh, some of you I've known for a long time. Some of you are your new friends. And uh, that's the beauty of the body of Christ. You can have friends you've had forever, and then you're always making new friends. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So uh, my wife was with me here in the first service, and uh, she said, you know, I love you, but I'm going to cut out for the second service. So, you know, we've been married... I don't know, I think we're coming up to 38 years. So after that long and you're still together, it's all good. You, you just have grace for each other, you know. So we have a lot of grace, I'm telling you right now. Except when we're driving. I don't know, does anybody else have that? The driving seems to bring out the worst in, in us, in, in our marriage. Honestly, it's our worst moments. It's like, I, yeah. So we're, that's what we're going to work on now. You know, it's the driving thing where I'll just chill. When she drives, I'll just chill and she's like, you know, like the air brakes. Anyway, so whatever. We, um, we have a big family. Uh, we have uh, four kids, and, and now we, we have uh, 12 grandchildren. And next week, we're all going to be together at our house. So pray for me, because uh, the grandkids, <laughs> they go 12, 10, and then there's a clump of about eight that are between the ages of four and six. And uh, they are just, I can't even go in the swimming pool because they pretty much drown me. It's like they're all like right on top of me. And so it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So we're thankful. I'm thankful to be a dad. I had a great dad. My dad uh, was my hero, my mentor. He was a man of God. He was a pastor too. Uh, so I feel very blessed to have had um, influential, godly men in my life. And uh, may, maybe you haven't had that example, but you need to know that in the body of Christ, there are those men who you can look to and say, no, with God's help, uh, I, can, I can follow those guys. We're, we're not perfect. My dad wasn't perfect. Uh, he would tell me that. And, uh, and the funny thing is, kids know their dads aren't perfect. Isn't that amazing? We know when our dads aren't perfect. So dads, the worst thing you can do is pretend you're perfect because your kid knows you're not, right? So... <laughs> Uh, there'll be times when you can apologize or ask forgiveness. I've done that. My dad did that with me. So, But, you know, our culture right now is, um, uh, well, it's, it's a little messed up in my view uh, in that men, just because you're a man, basically you're the problem um, in our culture. And uh, we believe that it's biblical and right, and in Resonate Church, we believe in elevating and encouraging and cheering on women. We believe that there's a place for women, that they have to exercise their gifts and skills. We believe in women in ministry, women in platform ministry. Uh, and so, ladies, we're all for you. Uh, but today, today, it's Father's Day, so it's not just for fathers. I'm going to make it Man Day. Uh, and uh, so if you are male, uh, this is for you today. Ladies, you've you got to cheer us on, okay? Can I hear a little cheer from the ladies? Okay, it was pretty good. Um, we'll work on that. And uh, hopefully by the end, it'll be like full-on fanatical cheering, like when the Toronto Raptors won the NBA title. Even though they're from Toronto, it's still a Canadian thing, right? We'll give it to them. Okay, it's all Canada together. It's us. It's we, the North. So I just feel, so I love it when Americans discover there's a place called Canada. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, there's these Canadian thing going on up there, you know. So I love that. 
I actually had, this is a true story, I was in the deep south sometime, I actually had somebody ask me, you know, if we, if we lived in igloos, and they were totally serious, like, it's so cold up there, you know, was, I'm like, you know, we, we got heat and stuff, really, you know, so, I, so anyway. So there's this pattern in the Bible, if you, if you will follow it, where God calls on men to do stuff. And almost invariably, the guys that he asks to do stuff say, whoa, I think you've got the wrong guy. Almost always. Starts out with Moses. Moses, God called him to lead the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. And so he didn't just get an ordinary experience with God. This, this is one of the classic calls of God where Moses is out in the wilderness and there's a tree that's burning, but it's not being consumed and out of the tree, a voice comes and says, this is what I want you to do. And Moses says, yeah, have you thought about using my brother instead? Like, if, if you need a sign, I'm thinking that's a pretty, like, that's probably a 10 out of a 10 for a sign that God's speaking to you. And Moses still goes, yeah, take Aaron. Every time God seems to have something for people to do, we think less of ourselves and think he should take somebody else. You can follow through the Bible. Joshua, he didn't, didn't want to do it. Saul, when God called Saul to be the first king of Israel, Saul said, you know, I'm the least, I'm the lowest, I can't do it. When they went to, to have Saul's coronation, he was actually hiding behind some farm implements. They had to they'd say, we're going to crown the king now. Here's the king Where's the king? And he was hiding back there. He thought, I can't do this. If you follow through, Jeremiah was the weeping prophet. He thought, I, no, he preached his whole life. Nobody listened to him. Think about that for a career in ministry. David was the youngest. Think about David. They're looking for a new king, and Samuel comes to Jesse and says, okay, I hear you've got all these young, fine men of God. Let me look at them. And they go through all the brothers, and Samuel says no to each one. And then Samuel says, is there anyone else? And Jesse, David's father's like, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. Oh, well, there's Dave out in the field there, but he's the youngest, and, you know, and he was, your own dad doesn't think you can do it in that case can go on. Elijah was a great prophet who suffered from depression. When Nathaniel was called, one of the other's disciples said, can anything good come out of where he came from? It's like somebody saying, can anything good come out of Surrey? It was sort of, sort of like that. Nathaniel, really? Seriously? From where? What? Wally? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Timothy was too young. So I'm, the point, you, you get it, right? All through the Bible, God calls guys to do stuff, and they're going, no, I don't think I'm the right guy. So let me give you one example. His name is Gideon. And in the book of Judges, chapter 6, Gideon is hiding from his enemies. So this is the picture. He's actually afraid, so he's hiding from his enemies, but he's still got to work, so he's in a wine press. A wine press in those days was dug into the earth. It was depressed in the ground, and he's down there. He's beating on his wheat, not wine, and... An angel appears to him, and the angel comes and says this. The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. So do you get the picture? He's hiding. He's afraid. And an angel says, God is with you, you mighty man of valor. And I'm sure Gideon goes, are you talking to me? 
I'm the guy hiding from my, I'm the guy afraid. I'm the guy trying to get away. Gideon says, oh my Lord, if, if the Lord is with us, then why has all these negative things happened to us? Where are the miracles? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, delivered us into the hands of the Midianite. Then the Lord said to him, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? <laughs> and he's hiding the whole time, right? And he says, how can I save Israel? Listen to him now, making excuses. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my father's house. And the Lord said, I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one. Talk about a guy who was reluctant. And then he gets his army together. He finally does all these tests with God. Make the fleece wet and the ground dry. Make the ground wet and the fleece dry. Finally, he believes God. He starts out on the mission. And God keeps reducing his army, reducing his army, reducing his army until he's just got 300 guys left. What was God trying to teach Gideon through all of this? He was trying to teach him that God's strength is greater than his strength. And if God is with you, you can win the battle. But you got to trust God from the starting point. So they, they beat a whole army with just 300 guys. And at the end of it, they're going, it was God's win, not ours. And if you think you're going to win without God's help, then you can just go ahead and do your best. But if you're willing today to let God help you, then you can see yourself grow and expand and continue to move forward in God. Some people think we just have to suck it up and be strong. So the Bible talks about courage and being strong. Strong. Psalm 27, this is King David speaking. He said, I would have lost heart unless I'd believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Let's read from Wait on the Lord. You see it up there on the screen, everybody? Read out loud with me in your outside voice, not your church mumbling voice, your outside voice. Ready? Your dog's running across the street, that voice. Get back here! That's the voice that I want, okay? Everybody ready? From Wait. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart Wait, I say, on the Lord. So the first thing about getting courage from God is that you wait on God. You let him work on your behalf. Courage from God. Give me, let me give you some reasons to be strong and courageous from the Bible. Second Chronicles 32 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or dismayed before your enemies, nor from the multitude that are with your enemies, for there are more with us than with them. What God is saying is the armies of heaven are on your side. You may have enemies, you may have things that seem to be against you, but God says there are more with you than what you can see. First reason to have courage. You got a, an army on your side. Second reason, Deuteronomy 31, be strong and of good courage. Do not fear or be afraid for the Lord your God. He's the one who goes with you. So you've got an army on your side, God said. Then he said, not only that, but I will go with you. I will walk with you. My dad, I mentioned, was my hero. I have, I have vague recollection of being a little boy holding on to my dad's hand. Just thinking, I'm invincible. I've got my dad going with me. Maybe, maybe you've had a situation in your life, you know, where there's a fight in the schoolyard and one of the boys says, yeah, well, my dad can beat your dad. And then you say, well, no, my dad can beat your dad. And, and then you just feel like this strength because you got somebody with you. That's what God says to you today. 
The third reason for courage, Deuteronomy 31, not only is he with you and the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. So he makes a way before you. He prepares the way. So the, the whole point here today is that if you will believe today that God is able to do in your life more than you see in yourself, and that's, that's really the thought, the one thought today is that God sees more in you, sir, than you see in yourself. God sees stuff on the inside of you that because your perspective is so clouded by your failures or your shortcomings in your own mind, God sees more in you than you see in yourself. And if you'd be willing to trust him today, this says that his army is with you, that he will go with you, and not only that, he'll go before you and make a way. Those are promises from the word of God. And the whole point is to encourage you to be strong and courageous. So how do we get this courage? First thing, we decide to agree with God. We say, okay, Lord, if you say it, then I agree with it. I'm going to live by your word. I'm going to live by your word when it comes to sexual purity. I'm going to live by your word when it comes to financial integrity. I'm going to live by your word when it comes to humility and repentance and honesty, transparency about what's going on. Inside. I'm going to live by your word. Courage comes from knowing I'm honoring God and he's promised to be with you. Joshua was told to obey everything that he was commanded. Do not turn from the right hand or the left that you may prosper in everything. So firstly, we get courage by doing what God says, knowing that he will bless. Second thing, today I want to challenge you to be the best version of yourself in whatever you do. In your career, be 100%. Be the best version of yourself that you can be in your occupation. Be all in. Serve with excellence. Do your job with passion, with diligence. I want to say to all the men in the room who are entrepreneurs, business people, or whether you work for somebody else, be successful in what you do. Don't be afraid to prosper and follow godly principles. Business guys, God needs you in the marketplace. Every person who works somewhere, God needs you, needs your gifts, needs your skills. Whether you're a teacher or a salesperson or an academic or a professional, whatever you do, whether you're a tradesman, the kingdom of God expands through every part of society when men like you step up and be the man that God intended you to be. Not for yourself, not for ego, but for the glory of God when you say, I'm going to be the best version of myself that I can be every day. Some guys think, no, when I get that promotion, then I'm going to be the best version of myself. You ain't going to ever get that promotion. Why would your boss promote you when you're going like at 80%? But if you'll go at 100%, then that promotion's going to come. I had a young pastor say to me one time, you know, I, I, had a, I was a youth pastor at the time, and our youth group was about 150 people in a church of 400. It was just a phenomenal thing. And so this other youth pastor asked me to come and speak for him. And he had about 25 young people in his group. And so I just, I just gave it all I had, you know. And afterwards, he said to me, he said, you know, it must be great to preach to a big crowd of people. He says, you know, if I had like 150 people, then I would really prepare and I would really study and I would really preach good. But, you know, it's only 25 kids. And I thought, you know, chances are because you're only given a piece of yourself and not 100% to be the best version of you that you can be, you're probably never going to be trusted with a larger opportunity. 
You got to be the best you got to be the best that you can be and then allow the Lord to promote you. Some of you are waiting for somebody else to promote you. God is the one who can promote you, sir. But you got to bring your best. You got to be the most that God has made you to be and go with that. You have to also guys walk with other guys. We need each other. Listen to Isaiah 41. It says, everybody helped his neighbor and said to his brother, be of good courage. I want you to turn to whoever's beside you. Look him in the eye and just say, be of good courage. Go ahead, right now. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. Women, you need to be of good courage too. Some of you are carrying such a heavy load. You need the Lord's courage. Everything I'm saying today to the men can apply to ladies too. So, so don't think this, this isn't for you, but I'm just trying to go at the guys for the rest of the time. Is that okay, ladies? Is it okay if I go after these? Yeah. Men need other men because courage is courageous. Just as fear, courage is contagious. I messed that up in the first service too. It's such a great line. Courage is contagious. So is fear. You need other guys to call you on. You need other guys to say what's going on in this part of your life. You need other guys to be a part of your development to be the best version that you can be. I love the story of David's mighty men. And they didn't start out as mighty men. Here's the description in 1 Samuel chapter, in Joshua chapter 4. 1 Samuel chapter 22. It's my second preach today. So if there's a few mistakes, you know, I'm just, I'm wearing out. I'm an old guy, you know, I can't keep it on. It's just, I got to try and finish here strong. So 1 Samuel 22. Everyone who was in distress, say with me everybody, in distress, ready? In distress. And everyone who was in debt, say in debt with me everybody, in debt. And everyone who was discontented, ready? Discontented, gathered to him. So he became captain over them. There were about 400 men who were in distress, in debt, and discontented. And these guys became known as David's mighty men. Because they walked together. That's how they started. In distress, discontented, in debt. Maybe that's you today. You're going, I'm no mighty man. But if you walk with the guys around you and follow the ways of the Lord, there's a better version of you than you're seeing right now when you look in the mirror. And it's with God's help. It's with God's empowering. So, a couple of action steps. One, if you haven't chosen to follow God, then this is your day to do that. If you've been on a journey to consider, should I follow God? Should I go my own way? Should I follow God? Should I go the way of the world? This is your moment today to choose. All through the Bible, there are moments where people are called upon to make a decision, to follow Christ, to die to the things about pride and ego, and to say, I'm going to go your way. In Joshua 24, Joshua speaks to all the people. It was a crisis moment. It says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose yourselves whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served or the gods of the world around you in whose land you dwell. Then he says, but as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Have you made that decision today? Have you chosen? Maybe you've made the decision at one point, but you've been drifting away. And today you need to come back and say, okay, God, I'm in. I'm 100% in. I may not be perfect. I'm, I can't promise I'll never fail, but I've decided I'm going to follow you. And if you're making that decision today, either for the first time 
or if you're coming back to Christ, at the end of, of this talk, I'm going to give a chance for you to pray a prayer with me. And that prayer is a first step in that journey of saying, God, I want to become the best version that I can be with your help. So that's the first step, that decision. Some people are mystified by faith. Faith is a decision. It's a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a decision. The second thing I want to ask you to do is to believe in God's version of the best you that you can be. Not your version, not your dad's version, your mom's version, a coach, a teacher, a boss's version, but God's version of the best version of what you can be. I want to ask you just to believe it today. And instead of making excuses like these guys I've told you about, I'm the least, I'm the la- lowest, I'm the smallest, I'm the, you know, I'm, the, I'm unworthy, I'm, I've failed, I've got faults. Of course you do. But God sees inside of you beyond what you see yourself. Some of you have had people script you and say, this is what you are. You are, you will never be this, or you will never be that. And God looks inside of you and says, no, 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 this is what I see. And he's the one that knows what is true and what is not true about you because he made you. He designed you the way that you are. So the second thing, make a decision, but then secondly for today, would you be willing to believe that with God's help, I am that man? It's a faith statement. We're not saying in these next few moments you've got it all together, that you've never made mistakes, but think of a time when you were at your best, and we want to say, be that man. That's a picture of God's view of you. Think of a time when you resisted temptation, and be that man. Think of a time when you chose the right thing, you made the right decision, and be that man. Think of a time when you served unselfishly, or when you were generous with no strings attached. Think of a time when you were filled with faith, or when you were on fire for God, and be that man in this moment. Think of a time when you were encouraging to other people, or you were walking close to God. Think of a time when your values were in order, and be that man. The best version of yourself is what God wants you to be as you go forward in Jesus' name. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to make some statements and affirmations over you. And I want you, men, as we do this, to respond with this statement. In God, I am that man. So not in myself, not because I'm smart or brave or, or strong, but in God, that with God's help, I am that man. A statement of faith. A statement of what is possible. And remember that you may have doubts. (laughs) You may have fears. And we all do. But today I want to try and lift up your faith a little bit that there's more for you in God, men. And that he's the one who can help you to become that man. So I'm going to speak some words of affirmation over you. And after I speak these words, I'm going to ask you men to answer, in God, I am that man. Now, ladies, your job is when the men are saying, in God, I am that man. I want the ladies to point to the man beside them and say, in God, you are that man. And if your husband's beside you, lady, you better point. I'm telling you right now. Like, don't not point, because he's going, what does that mean? Here I am trying to be God's man, and you're not. So ladies, point, okay? This is about faith. If you're a single woman in the house, you just point to the closest man. 
And if you, you know, point to that one and then point to that one. But we got to all affirm this together. So we're going to try it. The guys are going to say, in God, I am that man. And the ladies are going to say, in God, you are that man. Everybody in your outside voice, ready? In God, I am that man. Okay, did that work? Ladies, are you confused? Some of the ladies are going, in God, I am that man. It's not work. I, I, what? Did I miss the instructions? What? No, you are that man, okay? So everybody stand to your feet, all right? You ready? Come on. We're going to get some spirit keys behind me. I, I need a little energy today. Is, is the whole band here or just you? Come on. Come on, guys. I need a little, little spirit help here. Where's my bass player, man? That guy was just crushing it all morning long. Woo! Can we go back into that, that uh, like, something with a bit of energy, like that breakthrough thing? My breakthrough is coming. How, how'd it go? Something like, yeah, yeah, something. All right. I'm waiting for the band. You know, I know they're coming. The breakthrough's coming. It's coming. Everybody got your instructions? And you, you, you got to give it here, guys. And some of you, when I say this stuff, you're going to go, yeah, but I'm not that guy. That's not the point. The point is God sees stuff in you that you don't see in yourself. And we're going to speak that by faith that you're going to see it. And your spouse is going to see it. Some of you guys, you beat yourself up because you say, like, man, I'm just not the spiritual leader of my home. you got to take some steps of faith that you can be with God's help, that you can be with the help of the Holy Spirit. Everybody ready? Let me hear you say, yeah. Come on, you're Canadian. Say, yeah, hey. That's what I'm talking about. See, it's starting. All right, guys, you ready? Here we go. You are a man of God, a mighty man of valor. Be strong and very courageous because you are more than you see. Everybody ready? In God, I am that man. You are loved by the Father. You are accepted into the inner circle of God's mission. Some of you felt like you're on the outside of what's going on all the time, like you didn't get called onto the first string of the football team. You got left to the end. But in God, you're embraced into the inner circle of his mission. So, man, you are in the inner circle. Ready? In God, I am that man. You have been designed and built by God himself. You are not self-made or culture-made or environment-made. You are God-made. Ready, guys? In God, I am that man. Your strengths and your talents are not accidental. They're by design. God made you the way you are with gifts and talents to contribute to society, to make a difference that what you bring is absolutely essential. You make an essential contribution. Ready? In God, I am that man. 
Guys, your past is not what defines your future. God does. You can be a new creation, renewed in your mind. God used David and Peter and Paul. He can use you too. Your best days are in front of you. Your God can make up for lost time. Your God can multiply your labor. Your God can restore what has been broken or what seems to have been wasted. You are qualified by Christ to have a great future. Come on, guys. In God, I am that man. The grief and the disappointment you may have felt over lost opportunities or lost friendships can be healed by new opportunities and new friendships. You can be healed, optimistic, and full of faith, men. In God, I am that man. You are one of a band of brothers. We're in this together. You are not alone. You share a heart for God's kingdom with these guys. They need you and you need them. So do things for God and do those things with other men. You are not in this alone. Ready? In God, I am that man. Your children will call you blessed. Your wife will respect and honor you. You will leave a godly heritage to the next generation, either in physical sons and daughters or spiritual sons and daughters or both. You are the spiritual head of generations. Come on, guys. In God, I am that man. You're being filled with the spirit power. You can be strong in his faith. You have the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, and you have weapons that are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. You are a warrior in the right army. Come on, guys. In God, I am that man. You have a reward waiting for you in heaven. Your labor is not in vain. Everything you give is recorded in God's ledger. Nothing is going to be lost. You have treasure accumulating in heaven. Nothing has been missed. You ready, guys? In God. I am that man. Here it is, all of them together. You are more than you see. You are in the inner circle. You are God-made. You make an essential contribution. You are qualified by Christ to have a great future. You're healed, optimistic, and full of faith. You're not in this alone. You are the spiritual head of generations. You are a warrior in the right army. You have treasure accumulating in heaven. Everybody ready? One more time. In God, I am that man come on let's give a shout of praise Woo! yes can we go into it i know breakthrough is coming by faith i see a miracle my god made me a promise and he won't stop now come on everybody hey i know breakthrough is coming here's the homework assignment today at least five times at least five you being you know you can, what's that what's that Mexican restaurant that we all love 
Chipotle. You can be in Chipotle. You're waiting in line for your guacamole. And you just stand back and say, in God, I am that man. Right? You're driving. And you just think, you know, in God, I am that man. What you're saying is, I am that man that God sees me to be. You're not saying, I'm, I'm this, I'm great. I'm, you're just saying, God sees this as man. I'm that man. You set aside your failures. You set aside your doubts. And you just by faith say, in God, I'm that man. Some of you need to look at your wife and with humility, because she knows everything about you, just say, baby, in God, I'm that man. You watch. You watch her respect you. You watch her show you. Five times today, okay? Five times. We're just going to take a moment. Would you bow your heads? I promised we'd pray. Would you close your eyes? Because there's someone here today, and this is your moment of decision. Maybe you've been coming to Resonate Church for a little while, checking it out, and you haven't committed. Maybe you're like my neighbor. I started talking to him about something once. He goes, yeah, dude, well, I'm not much of a joiner. Maybe that's you. You say, yeah, well, this is cool, but I just, I'm hesitant to make a commitment because I might fail, or I can't promise I'll be perfect. Can I just say, you got to start. And if you make a starting prayer today, God will help you. And all the brothers in the room would love the chance to help you. Faith is a decision. It doesn't mean that you have all your questions answered or that everything's sorted out. It just means that something's going on in your heart. And faith says, I'm willing to trust my heart and not my head today. And I want to promise you that if you'll follow what your heart is saying, that the understanding will come with it as time, as time goes. And you get into the word and you discuss things. The understanding's going to come, but you've got to follow your heart today. So men in the room who need to make that decision, would you pray with me in just a minute? I'll lead you in a prayer. We're all going to pray it together. I'm not going to embarrass you women in the room you're saying man you've been talking to all the men but I, I want to be the best version of myself too and lady God sees that on the inside of you and wants to bring it out of you some women in the room you haven't made that decision or you've drifted away from God and you want to come back today I want to include you in the prayer so if you'd say Pastor Brent, I want to be included in that prayer. Include me in that prayer. I want to take that step of faith and invite Christ into my heart. I want to know that I'm forgiven for my past sins. I want to be certain that I have a right relationship with God, that it's not a mystery, that I know that it's right. If you'd like to be included in that prayer, in just about 15 seconds, I'm going to ask you to do one thing, and that's lift your hand just so that I can see you. And that's that first step kind of out of anonymity. And that's, that's all I'm going to ask you to do, and then I'll invite you to pray with me. So if you're that person, you're saying, Pastor, today I want to make that decision. Today I'm choosing to put my faith in Christ, or I'm choosing to return to Christ. I've drifted away. If you're that person, right now, just lift up your hand so I can see it. Say, include me in that prayer. Yes, 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 yes. 
praise God. Four, five, six, number of hands. Yeah, at the back. God bless you. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. God bless you guys. So we're, we're going to help you, okay? All of you that lifted your hands. And maybe you didn't lift your hand. You wanted to. There's, there's sort of a paralysis that happens sometimes. It's like, I want it, but I, I can't. But you want to pray the prayer. Come on, you're invited. And all of the room, will you help these people who lifted their hands today? Okay, we're going to pray together. Here's the prayer, out loud. Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. Here I am. I ask you to forgive all my sins. I ask you to wash my heart clean. I open my heart to you. Come into my life, Lord. I want to know you. I believe you are the Son of God, that you arose from the dead, and that you love me today. Thank you for hearing my prayer and help me to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. And all the church said, Amen. Come on, let's celebrate people who are giving their lives to Jesus today.